What is up, wrestling fans? Your host with the most in the building, George Wakai. I'm here with my <clears throat> oh, excuse me, tickle my throat. <laughs> I'm here with my cohort in crime, Steve the Animal Mitchell. What's going on, wrestling fans? What's going on is this episode 62. We are discussing, as we would like to call it, the State of the Union. Every couple of months, or I believe every year, presidents, prime ministers, what have you, government officials get together and discuss the State of the Union. Yeah, the, Where, people, the people who save us every day. The every people day. are always there for us every day, and they have, they always got our back. 100%. <laughs> Sarcasm? <laughs> yeah, to, the, no, I mean it. I believe in them every single day. I love them. <laughs> sarcasm duly noted. Yeah, sarcasm but, duly noted. So we are calling this episode the State of Wrestling. Much like a State of the Union, we're going to break down where wrestling is at today, what's working, what's not working, what we see possibly in the near future, and what things need to change now, right now. Yes. And to tip this iceberg off, we want to go back and talk about right before NXT UK was announced. Triple H, I believe, did a Facebook Live segment where he said that he wants the WWE Universe to be exactly that. A universe. A whole picturesque world within this world where it's all controlled and monopolized by one organization. Hence NXT UK, hence Crown Jewel, hence the Greatest Royal Rumble, mm -hmm. hence the WWE Super Show in Australia, hence all these events that are happening. They are trying to break barriers down and open doors to particular cities or countries that they haven't tapped into yet, which is fantastic. Are they doing it the right way? No. And that, that may, yeah, that's got a big question mark on it. Well, that, that, that may <laughs> surprise a lot of people out there, dude. They, they may be like, well, what are these two guys talking about? What are these two small indie podcast guys talking about? We're talking about our moniker of who we are. Real fans, real talk, real passion. We don't hold any punches. We don't pump the brakes. We don't try to kiss anybody's ass. We put the information out there. We'll let you decide. We always ask you to hit us up. Most of the times, never happens. So people must obviously be agreeing with us. Because nobody ever tells us they're not agreeing with us. I so think I, that I think that's why, like my filter is just getting more and more every week. I just feel like I want to just let loose a little bit more and more and more because I'm just like, all right, if no one else gives a fuck, neither do I. Well, so, I don't think that people don't give a fuck. I just think people that are, listen to us, our faithfuls, uh, understand that this is who we are. Sixty-two episodes in, they know exactly what they're going to get every time they tune in. Yeah, and, and what and, they're going to get—that's the point. It's not hearing, and from not hearing from anybody, I'm like, okay, I guess that's a clear cut that it's just like, all right, you're digging what we're doing, so I'm just—we're we're just going to keep on doing what we're doing every week then. Exactly, and we're going to hold no punches. We're not going to hold anything back. We love this business. We are very passionate about this business. We want to see this business do great things. So when we go, the future generations of wrestling fans will have something to enjoy. So, I mean, let's break down Crown Jewel for a second. Let's get right into the meat and potatoes of something most recent. They go into Saudi Arabia. Very big, you know, thing. Big, beautiful stadium. Big, beautiful light and sound. Couches for all the high-profile officials. The couches were the gnarliest thing. They do a shot of, the, uh, shot of the president or the prime minister. He doesn't even stand up and wave. He just kind of raises one hand. Good for you. That's your cultural ability. That's where you're at. They showed the guy that paid them a lot of filthy money to be there. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And there was a lot of, you know, hearsay where they're going to go because of the thing that happened with the American journalist just only a few weeks before. But WWE said they were going to live up to their contract. And they did. They did live up to their contract. But here's the thing. And here's what I, what I want to say. And I also want to touch on uh, a quote Stephanie McMahon made earlier this week. I don't know if you saw it, but I saw it and I snickered to myself. 
was that? Well, Stephanie McMahon's quote was, we have the ability to be bigger than Disney. We are creating new storylines, new characters, and new heroes. Eventually, we will be as big or bigger than Disney in terms of universal approach, universal reach, and monetary value. Her quote didn't include those last things, but I mean, if you, I mean, you know, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out exactly what she's saying. Is she right? No, she's 150% wrong. No one in this world will topple the mouse, okay? Disney literally has it down to a perfect science. They've catered to guys like you and I with great action movies, great comic book movies when they bought Marvel. They also have, have created this kid in us because you and I are big Star Wars fans. So every time they put out a new Star Wars movie, even Han Solo, how bad it was, I still enjoyed it because it was Han Solo. It was yeah. a horrible movie. Other than the guy who played Lando, which was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Danny Lover there, the Childish yeah. Gambino. He, he was amazing. Stole, Danny stole Lover the, stole the whole movie. Stole the whole movie. <laughs> but, I mean, how 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 can you sit there as a CEO or a, a, CB, a C, CBO, Chief Branding Officer of a company, and say, we are going to be as big as the biggest? You're, you're full of potatoes, you're full of bologna, and you're full of crap. Plus, you're already, like, doing pretty well for yourself. I bet, like, you're, at this point... Well, I you would, are, I would but... consider it that, like, you're, you're growing it. Like, now you're at the point where you're, you're in WrestleMania every couple of months. Like, it's literally now to that level of, holy crap, whoever would have expected, like, you know, a couple of years ago that they'd be pulling those kinds of numbers and that they would be going for this kind of broke now. That well, is, two words, the network. Yeah. Once they launched the network, that opened a platform and a plateau to everyone. Yeah. People who couldn't afford to pay 75 bucks a pop for the pay-per-view every month now can comfortably afford a price where it's feasible now. It's very affordable now to be a wrestling fan. Yeah. Unless you're going to every show, like Jesus and that freaking green shirt guy who are always freaking there. Stupid idiots, <laughs> the two of them. You both are on my list. I hate you guys. But... Okay, so the bald guy in the blue shirt on NXT—he's always there. Oh, week. always it's there! Awesome. The little girl Izzy, uh, Bailey's biggest fan. She's always in the NXT always. crowd. Great. And these these fans are almost as more popular than some of the wrestlers. But think about what she said. Let's go back to what she said. We're creating new storylines. Yeah, that's a big question mark on that one. We're creating new characters. That's a huge question mark on that one. We're creating new heroes. That is the biggest question mark of all of them because all the new heroes that you guys got coming in, they all built their own names before they came in. So, but you're also not eh. give, you're also not giving them their fair shake. Why are you not giving them their fair shake? I see it. I see it from a business perspective. Yeah. But I also see it from the fan perspective. And the fan perspective has me very frustrated. That's where my my perspective is very frustrated right now. So let me just throw something your way. You look at Crown Jewel. You look at the main event of Crown Jewel. You have the reuniting of DX, and you have the reuniting of the Brotherhood and Destructions, because this is literally Undertaker's farewell tour. He's kind of reinventing all his storylines to get that one last, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You know what I saw as a fan? I saw four legends in a ring that literally looked exhausted. Triple H, yes, his body is built like a tank, but he had ring rust for days. Shawn Michaels, I'm glad the eye's fixed. I'm glad he could see directly in front of me. He did a moonsault, too. But he looked beat down. Yeah, come on. Undertaker looked like he did at WrestleMania, you know, 30, when he lost the streak. 
Mm-hmm. He looked tired and exhausted. And Kane literally looked like an overweight politician. Because when he's not donning the mask, he's the mayor of a city. <laughs> so here is what worked for me in Crown Jewel, and here's what didn't. The World Cup. Great idea. Great, great idea. Who's the best in the world? Bad idea? Shane McMahon winning the whole thing. <laughs> How are you going to take literally one of the hottest heels and do either a KFAB injury... And put Shane McMahon to win over Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler is a credited wrestler. A man who literally goes out there and puts on almost four-star to five-star matches every night. Even if it's on a Raw. And yet Shane McMahon, a man who does one move, a coast-to-coast with a garbage can, is going to walk out there and win the World Cup. Great idea. Bad ending. Huge, horrible ending. Don't give a crap what anybody liked about it or didn't like about it. WWE, I literally lost faith in you at that moment. Also, we have a lot of injuries happening right now. Kevin Owens is out. Alexa Bliss is out with an injury. That's why she did not participate in the match at Evolution. She just came out and did her whole spiel and looked utterly fantastic to the point where I dreamt... Very, very much about her that night. A lot of dudes went and watched Alice in Wonderland after they saw her. 110%, yeah. okay? Alice have never watched Alice in Wonderland before in their life. It's like, babe, what is, what is that? That Alice, is that, is that, that's what she looks like? Alice in Wonderland? What is this movie? I have to go watch it right I, now. I want it. I want it in every... I want to go out and buy my wife the Halloween costume. Right. <laughs> but, so, we know there's injuries happening. We also know, I mean... So the other undercard main event, Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar for the now vacated Universal title that Roman Reigns had to give up due to health issues. No, the other like colossal comment well, section here's, blunder. Here's the thing, and this is why I guess we wanted to go live with this one because we haven't done a live in a while, so we wanted to reach out and say, hey, we're still here, we're still live, we're still current, we're now. So what I read is this. I read two different stories, and I'm not sure what is true, and I want your input on this, Steve. So the first story I read is that Braun Strowman's knees are shot. That came from Mr. Dave Meltzer himself yeah. saying that Braun Strowman's knees, really bad shape. Mm-hmm. World's strongest man competitions, all the stuff he's doing, you know, working the full rigorous wrestling schedule. It's taking a toll on his body. Plus, I mean, let's face it, the dude's a big boy. So it's going to, you know, to carry around that weight, your knees got to be able to support. But I also heard that there's backstage heat. Every time Braun gets thrown into a title pitcher, he does something or says something that pisses off Vinnie Mac. And we all know when you're in Vinnie Mac's bad books, stupid crap happens. So what does Vinnie Mac do? He throws Brock Lesnar right into the thing. We're all hoping that this is going to be finally Braun Strowman's time to vindicate this jackass. And we actually have a fighting champion. No go. Put the title on Lesnar. And now we know for sure Lesnar will carry that title to the UFC event. So the cross-promotion idea that we thought might not happen when they let Roman Reigns win, it's now back in full force. Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar, when he returns to the UFC to face, is it Cormier? Yes. Cormier. Am I saying the last name right? Cormier? Yeah. When he faces Cormier, he's going to walk out with that universal title strap around his waist. Mm-hmm. And now, all of a sudden, the cross-promotion. Dana White, Vince McMahon, ching, 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 ching. Everybody's laughing all the way to the motherfucking bank. All Excuse the, the F word. But so, which one do you believe? Do you believe the backstage heat angle or do you believe that the knees are shot? 
and he needs um, to take some time off because now this puts him in a particular situation where he literally doesn't have to be in a storyline until Rumble. So that gives him six weeks to try to get his knees back into a decent position. Or is it the backstage heat? Which one would you say is the reason why we had the decision we had at Crown Jewel? Oh, I would definitely go with the injury aspect simply because of the fact that uh, Braun's too much of uh, he's too much of a commodity. He's way too much of, uh, of, of everything. He is the, the new Brock Lesnar, only he's, uh, he's basically to the point where he can cross bra- he can cross branch between uh, the, the, two, the two alter egos. If he can be a good guy, he can be a bad guy. It really doesn't matter because he's just a monster. That's really what this guy is. So um, that's really what it comes down to. Um, however, uh, I really do believe that that's really what it was supposed to be about. It was really more about the cross promotion thing more than anything because of the fact that there was, do- there was opportunity there. It was really, it seemed like a, a kind of a, kind of not necessarily a last minute decision, but it was really like a kind of a, a quick decision to really just, you know what, let's put the title back on Lesnar. He's been the guy. He's been the, he's been the monster for, for us. He's been the beast for a really long time. So let's put the belt back on him. And it was no shot against, um, it was it was it was not a, a shot in any way against uh, Braun for the fact that it was legit a squash match. It was only the fact that it took that many. It was obvious that five it was really like okay, it takes five out <laughs> fives, and we're gonna make this guy even more of a beast by showing off how much and how long. And with Braun, how it will take nothing away from him because of how long it'll take to for him to get finally put down. And even when he gets put down, he's not gonna stay down. He's just gonna get right back up again. So it takes literally nothing away from from bronze character in any way um so where i'm sitting with it really is i i feel like that was it, it was really a thing to push that cross promotion thing of seizing the opportunity of where it lies and and really what everything that went down with conor mcgregor and, and floyd mayweather of just like these cross breeding promotions that are really just going back and forth with each other and taking the whole event of, of fighting to a whole another level where now they're breaking down the barriers with all that kind of stuff. So now it's just, it seemed it seemed pretty reasonable for, for you, WWE to just cross see, that barrier too. Do you see a potential, and I, this is a whisper I've heard, but it's starting to become a steady growl. Do you see a potential of Cormier versus Lesnar at 35? Um, maybe. Um, that That's a potential for it to happen. It's absolutely possible because of the fact of how much that... Uh, the, they're bringing in the UFC guys and how much they were doing it. Like people forget that it was like Ken Shamrock was the first UFC guy that they really brought in, and people thought that that was just the thing that was like, oh, UFC and WWE have nothing to do with each other. When in actuality, that was what was going on between. Um, it, they brought in uh, Shamrock, and they also they brought in a couple other UFC guys at that at that time, and it's been kind of that working collaboration together ever since only now it's just to a, a whole nother level especially with bringing in ronda rousey and, and having Dana white in the crowd and baszler and, baszler. and the other two and ladies exactly they're bringing in all these ufc cats that it's really like to the point now where it's just uh, the the sky's the limit of where it can really go at this point and the only barrier i really believe that once that barrier is crossed and it will happen next year some point and next year might even happen at the end of this year might be Christmas gift to the world, if you will, the wrestling Christmas gift, if you will, um, that the, the only barrier that is left across is, um, is the elite showing up on WWE television and showing up all of them showing up, coming down the ramp or coming down, uh, whatever, where the crowd is and, or whether they're sitting in the crowd or whatever the case may be, it's too obvious to spot them. So I would imagine that it would be like a show up and like a, almost like infiltrate kind of thing and just walk in and, 
basically all these other guys that are, are coming over here that are that aren't doing nearly as cool things as what they're doing and make that a storyline of having them actually come in and be like hey guys so we didn't sign WWE contracts. Actually, I'm Cody Rhodes, and actually, I left, and I'm doing way better than all of you right now. Hey, Finn Balor, what's that shirt? You're, what, what's that cool new shirt you just put out? Come on out here, buddy, and let's actually let's get a little romper going on between the two, the all all ten of us. You know what I mean? And just this this the, the, that that to me is like the finalized barrier of when wrestling will finally just break every single bit of whatever fourth wall, fifth wall, tenth wall you really want to call it at that point. Where like everybody's just going to be working with everybody because they all see the 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 camaraderie and everybody just making a lot of money together, right? No, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's a, a too far off idea as well. It would just have to be worked properly, and it would, yeah. you, you got to have Cody and Kenny and uh, the Young Bucks and uh, Marty Scroll. You got to have them all on board, totally. Because if they come in and they say, "Okay, listen, this is what we want to do with you guys," I could see Marty Scroll being like, "No, no. <laughs> sorry, sorry, no, no." <laughs> the uh, two letters and all whatever stupid idea your writing team wants to get together it's not gonna happen yeah and then there's the there was the one that there's been the few episodes where they've actually they've taken many pot shots at wwe specifically where they actually they did one episode where they literally recreated um the entirety of uh dx infiltrating wcw where they rolled the tank in got all the fans around where Got all the fans around this makeshift. I think it was a golf cart they drove in. And, like, they did this really funny bit where they did, like, the whole spiel of what Triple H was saying. We're firing the first shot. And then called them the WWF instead of the WWE. And it was just really this it's really, really funny skit. But to the point where um, they've they've taken so many pot shots. And even Cody Rhodes even making mention of it. in um, When he won uh, the U.S. title off Juice Robinson. Where he actually did make mention of the fact that don't be surprised if you actually do see us showing up on WWE. TV. So that pretty much solidified it. That solidified it in my head of like, you guys are going to show up. It's going to be for sure. And it's going to be really awesome. Can't stop somebody from buying a ticket, right? And standing up and walking down the ramp. Yeah, you can have security out there. But the fact is, is that once the world is buzzing about it, Vince McMahon can't ignore it. He won't be able to ignore it. And plus, Chris Jericho is in the elite now. They have great relationships. Both Cody and, and Chris have great relationships with the WWE. Um, incredible, impeccable, especially with Chris Jericho's relationship and the way that he's he's constantly micromanaged with making sure that he's okayed with every bit of business that he's ever conducted outside of Vince McMahon world. And so, as far as I'm concerned, especially now him being in the elite, um, it that, makes it more tighter. It makes it a, yeah, a real grasp that this could eventually happen. It definitely will happen, a hundred and fifty thousand percent. So let's let's continue forward with the state of state of the union address that we're doing here today. So let's yes. let's break down. Um, the first ever women's pay-per-view. We already broke it down in a full episode, but let's bring down again that. That was a barrier that needed to be broken and crossed. But totally. I felt I felt that Evolution and Crown Jewel shared the same fate. You honored the legends more than you did the current roster, and you did not showcase the future. You want to be a global brand? Show a country like Saudi Arabia everything you got. Fine, women aren't allowed there. I don't agree with it. I disagree with it. But I get it. It's their yeah. cultural, it's their cultural standpoint and their belief, and this is a no negotiation. But where was NXT? Where was the future? And this is what frustrates me. This is what frustrated me so much about Evolution. The future was only showcased in a minuscule amount, but there was no future shown at all here. What Crown Jewel felt to me was like a Legends farewell tour. 
you got an old Undertaker, an old Kane, a rusty Triple H, and a Shawn Michaels who looked exhausted after 10 minutes. And then you brought Rey Mysterio in, and what did you do with Rey Mysterio? You got his ass beat twice. And now he's back on SmackDown. Like, why? Why are you bringing these guys back? It almost feels to me like WWE is now WCW, and everything that the Elite, Bullet Club, New Japan, Ring of Honor, all those guys are doing, even our even our, our, our biggest Canadian promotion that we got here, Destiny Wrestling. And NXT, in and, general. And, and you NXT. look at the roster in NXT, it's, it's stacked, and the storylines and I mean. everything, and that's what I mean. all of it. It's like everything else is now WWF during the Monday Night Wars, and WWE main roster is literally WCW. The old yeah. guys are staying on top, and nobody's letting anybody come up. And that's what made the WWE win the war. That's what made the Monday Night War so unbelievable was that WWE literally introduced new characters every single week. Exactly. But there's guys like Velveteen, Aleister Black, Gargano, Ciampa, the women's division. Uh, you know, there's there's literally unsurmountable amount of talent that if the elite did show up, you know, if I was Vince McMahon and the elite showed up, you know what I would do? Get me Triple H on the phone. Get me Aleister. Get me Velveteen, get me Gargano, get me Kampa, get me Lars Sullivan. I want them all up here, now. Because yeah. it's going to be these five versus these five. Call yourselves the Young Bucks, the Elite. Well, here's my Elite. Here's my right now. Don't give me a smiling Finn Balor. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Don't give me a Triple H who can't even do an Irish whip to the Undertaker properly and rips his pectoral. Don't bring back Rey Mysterio. Because I don't, I'm not invested. Yes, it was great to see him. He's a legend, future Hall of Famer. But why are you recycling the older talent? Did you not learn from the company you bought out? That's why they lost the war. They lost the war because they kept the older guys on top. And they didn't let the younger guys come up. And that's exactly what's happening. Brock Lesnar, Hulk Hogan, same guy. Yeah. Same crap. Putting the belt on him. And letting him run the show. Why is this happening? And this is the problem with wrestling. This is what's frustrating. And I got to tell you, you look at a pay-per-view like All In. And that literally had to have put Vince McMahon on notice. Yeah, he may have not commented. He may have not even cared. But he watched. I damn sure know he watched that pay-per-view. Because <clears throat> he wants to see <clears throat> what these guys are doing. But haven't you learned from all the mistakes that your former foes have made? Haven't you learned from the simple fact that this is what's happening? You're literally becoming WCW and you're letting everything else around you become what you were 20 years ago. You're not changing. You're just staying stagnant. You want to grow a business? Yes. Have Triple H come out, wave to the fans, make an announcement. Have Shawn Michaels there, off camera, signing autographs. Bring The Undertaker and Kane in to sign autographs. But showcase the crop of fantastic talent you have right now. Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, anybody from NXT, The Miz, Finn Balor. Get these four guys in a steel cage match for bragging rights. Let them go at it. Take the gloves off. I get it. We're PG. I get it. We got to play it safe. But literally, this feels like the 80s. Right now, it feels like we're in the 80s and the 90s. Colorful characters, larger than life stuff. And I feel, I feel like, the, I feel like 
all in. I feel like all these guys, dude, I feel like it's the same recycled story. I feel like we're waiting for that Attitude Era pop. We're waiting for that invasion angle that should have been done right. We're waiting for all those things that should have been done right to happen now. It's percolating. There's something coming. It's coming. It's going to be big. But what I feel, I feel like we're stuck in the 80s and the 90s. And we're just waiting for that second coming of the Attitude Era. You know what I mean? A little bit. And I feel like with, with, with All In, with the staples and moves that these guys are making, all the indie dudes are coming up, and how much money the indies are actually bringing in, all the indie guys are like, screw it, man. I don't need to go to WWE to make money. I don't need to go to WWE. I can make money on my own terms doing things my way. If you Still. simply become a cast member of the Elite, or not even a, a not even a cast member, if they literally just let you on their show and they like you, then they start giving you more opportunity on the show. And then all of a sudden you have your own merch line. And now all of a sudden they literally like reinvented everything that came with giving guys shots and giving the right guys shots, giving the right personalities. You can't be on the elite unless you have a personality because you suck if you don't have a personality and you can't be on our show if that's not the case. And yeah, they totally went out of their way to completely reinvent all of that, of, of just genuinely from the ground up and to the point of giving people genuine opportunities. And that's what I mean, my brother. That's what I mean. I mean that the elite is now what WWE was during the Monday Night Wars, during that Attitude Era. They're giving guys the opportunities. And now fans are like, hey, want to watch Raw tonight? No. You want to watch a, a taped episode I got of uh, Ring of Honor on my PVR? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that that's floating around these days, especially with, because I was reading here, um, I've, I've been just scrolling down here reading like a lot of the comments. I and noticed I actually, you didn't pay at all attention to my epic rant, and I really thought I was very eloquent speaking on that. I thought I had, I thought I had a whole lot of heartfelt moments there. I was actually going to add to that, everything <laughs> that you, everything you just said, um, it's the fact that you're, they've springboarded into this uh, era of because uh, you're ab you're absolutely right when it comes from a from a fan's perspective of the way the product looks right now and the jargon in which is coming out of Stephanie McMahon's mouth does we're not, gonna be bigger than the mouse, Steve. It doesn't exemplify the the product of the, your your main roster. Besides the fact of you know you get into AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, your Dean Ambrose's. Um, you you scroll down the list and now you're your getting into Andre, and now you're getting Drew, Andrade seeing almost yeah, actually Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio yeah Drew McIntyre's uh, Rey Mysterio Andre Andrade seeing almost they had an incredible I haven't seen the match yet but from what I've read about it it is a barn burner yeah, so I'm really really, yeah. really 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 excited to see that match and the fact that. Uh, um, what I really wanted to, what I, and, and also the fact that I actually don't even want to hop in here on like a, a long go unless um, you actually have any more to uh, to add to that because I actually really like I, I totally I, I all agree I want to say perspective for sure. All I want to say is this before I let I'll let you take the floor for, for you know as long as you got to go. But all I want to say is this: if you're a fan of this business, my particular opinion on the state of wrestling now is this: wrestling is in disarray. The WWE, take my word for it, because I don't bullshit. I cut it straight truth. My right. my opinion of WWE right now is we are literally in the late 80s to the early 90s. You got your colorful characters, your larger than life, your older guys that need to go away. And I feel like there's this undertow. There is this whisper. And the whisper back then was ECW. I feel like now we're getting that whisper. I'm getting chills as I'm saying this. I feel like now we're getting that whisper that something is coming. And it's coming. And it's going to change everything about the business that we love. And it's going to change it for the better.
Yep, the elite's going to show up on Raw, and it's going to be amazing. And it's going to put Vince McMahon on full-fledged notice. Or maybe this is his whole brainchild. Let's bore them to shit, and then let's bring in the fire. Because we always know, every decade, they kind of try to change things. We're near the end of this decade. Mm -hmm. Think about it. 98? Monday Night Wars. 2008, we transitioned a little bit into the PG era. Mm -hmm. Now we've been sitting in that PG era for 10 boring years. Of garbage with only a couple bright spots to really remember. Yep, and now we got AJ Styles, and now we got Kevin Owens, and now we got, you know, the list goes on of all these guys, and especially the prospects that are coming up from NXT. So now I feel like we're getting ready for that change into the new era, and that's what I'm looking forward to. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the new era is going to be called, but all I hope is a new era is, hey, guess what? We don't give a fuck anymore. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be sexy. It's going to be larger life. It's going to be kick-ass wrestling with great storylines. It's going to be everything that fans want. And we're going to give it in one place. You want to be global, Vince McMahon? You want to compete with all the indie guys that are coming up? Because you laugh at the indie guys. You shrug them off. It's like a flea on your shirt. Guess what? You can't ignore the roar. And the roar is here. you got competition everywhere you go. You come to Canada, yeah, we're excited to have you. We're Canadians. We're nice. We're polite. But we know we got a crop of great homegrown talent that you and I have seen up close firsthand. And we've spoken to the man behind it all. George the Iceman. Episode's still available on all our platforms. And we've seen the mind that this guy has. And this guy is a genius. Beyond compare. And he knows what he needs to do. To get to that next level. And he's taking destiny there. To the point where, yeah, right now he's only kind of kicking the bottom of the door. But eventually he's going to be knocking down that door. With guys like the walking weapon in the house... With guys like the, all the guys he brings in, with everything he's got working, with a walking weapon at the helm, a guy like Stone Rockwell right there, with a great character and a great, great in-ring persona, great wrestling, great everything, and the young guys we saw, the young guys we saw coming up, that Fatal Four was fantastic. Well, Aiden, Aiden Prince was probably the most, uh, the most. Oh my God, it was like watching a, a, a young Finn Balor. It was really like but every a Finn Balor single... with balls. Right. Finn Balor with balls, man. <laughs> Uh, Finn Balor with the the balls that was going on in in New Japan and the balls that was going on in in every single bit of everything before they before that actually the writers took away his balls it was nothing to do with his balls that was removed it was the writers uh, that took away his balls if the voice is if the voice is listening to this one now she's probably oh laughing. she's loving this right she's now. probably laughing because I'm I, I always I always throw that out there even when she was on the show for regular before she stepped back to focus on the modeling I always talked about how Finn Balor had no balls. And I look at a guy like Aiden Prince, and that dude had balls, man. No, and that's where I actually, whenever I heard that, I was always like, Finn Balor was always the guy with balls. It was just the writers that took away his balls. And right, well, actually, the camera it really goes out of their way to show his balls every single time when he goes and does his intro. So they really kind of almost gave him more balls, but still took him away ah, at right. the same time. You know it's, what I mean? It's kind of like marriage. Now, now, oh man, the voice of reason is just sitting at home. She's 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 dying right now. I know she's just sitting at home. I can't wait to get home to you, babe. Honestly. All right. And so, but this, so this is my final thought, and I'm going to carry it over to you. The state of wrestling now is in complete and utter disarray. We are in mixed a whole bunch of error, a whole bunch of eras. We've got the 80s and the 90s, a little bit of the Attitude Era sparking through, but nothing to be coherent and consistent. There's no meat and potatoes here. I just feel like I'm getting ketchup on soggy potatoes that are like five weeks old. You know, when you reheat them in the oven, it's gross. But all I'm saying is this, is that whatever is coming, I need it to come now. Because as a fan, I'm ready to tap out. I hate Brock Lesnar. I like Heyman when he's off camera. I like... 
I like seeing great matches like Rey Mysterio, Andre Cien almost. I like seeing guys like Drew McIntyre coming up with that edge, that, that fire that you want. But they can't do it because everything's got to be about the kids. Listen, the no, fact is... they will make him champion. The fact is, is that the kids are coming from the generation that grew up on the Attitude Era. Our kids are fans because we were fans. Because we were brought in. Just like our parents were fans in the 70s and 80s. When it was hard-nosed, you know, boots-to-fist boots to type of wrestling. Kind of like the Revival. That's what the 80s and the early 90s was built on. Then we got the storylines from the kick-ass characters, the edge, the guy who would stick a middle finger up at his boss. Now we have nothing. John Cena in a wig, an old Undertaker, an overweight Kane, a, a, a Triple H that looks like he hadn't stepped in a ring in a year, and he hadn't. And Shawn Michaels, whose eye is perfectly straight. Good for you. But I'm done with it all. I'm done with it all. I need the edge, and I need it now. Because as a fan, I'm bored. I'm bored with the WWE product as a whole, unless it's NXT, unless it's SmackDown, unless it's a good, decent match here and there on Raw, I don't care about it, and I'm not invested. So my opinion opinion on the state of wrestling right now, it's got to change, and it's got to change now. I need what's next now. Steve, I give you the floor. Well, your opinion is shared by a lot of other people, um, and I half share it, and I'll explain why. You'll actually be really intrigued by my answer because I think I can actually really, uh, I think I can actually really add some insight into all of this because I've had a lot of time to think about it. Ra- I've really, like, rationally tried to think about just in the business sense of where they're going, what they're doing, how they're doing it, and I'm really impressed by actually where they're going. But the fact that I've actually I've taken the time to actually screenshot um, while. Uh, the pay-per-view while um, while while uh, Crown Jewel was going on, I had a chance to screenshot actually quite a bit of the WWE universe, and it was as simple as WWE better fix their shit. Sean is always so damn unhappy. Possibly one of the worst pay-per-views I've ever seen. We're more pissed that Lesnar's return as champion. <laughs> there's there's so much. Oh, this pay-per-view is so lame, and y'all are complaining about Evolution. Uh, and uh, my favorite one is brought back Michaels for a shitty tag team match at a very controversial pay-per-view. Thanks for ruining his retirement wishes, WWE. And just a lot of this stuff that I was just kind of noticing and I was reading and I was feeling, but at the same time there was a, a different kind of feeling that I was I was I, I that I was feeling quite frankly um, as the pay-per-view was going on. And um, what I noticed was that they advertised the pay-per-view for us. And they really went out of their way to advertise it for us. But it wasn't. None of it was for us. Not any bit of it at all. No, it was to open up the market in Saudi Arabia. Exactly. The World (laughs) Cup. That whole fake World Cup bullshit thing they made up. It was a a good idea. It was a great idea. But it's not. That's the thing. It was a shit ending to the fans' perspective because they're not understanding the concept that those people have never seen Shane McMahon do anything before in their entire life. Or we have. We've seen, like, all of it. We've seen every match. We've seen so many things. So many times. Like, even people have gotten to see him rec- so recurring live and gotten to see those things happen in real life and all those kinds of things. For them, and especially even the adults with that kind of infantile mind that they're really dealing with, it wasn't just the children. 
It was also the men. There was these really infantile minds. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here. And I can't believe I'm watching what I'm watching right now. This is crazy. And I'm here with my kid and I'm getting to watch this for the first time ever. And I've, I've never, I've, I can't believe how old I am. And I've never been to a wrestling event like this before. This is insane. I can't believe this. And I have a freaking awesome couch that I'm getting to sit on right now. <laughs> it, it, it just really put things into perspective for me as, um, from a business standpoint that it really made sense that they really had to give them something that was that really, it, it, it literally in so many ways broken down of the fact that they really needed to have that, that breakdown for them of not, not really having anything to do with anybody new um, a little bit, but at the same time having more to do with the products that they've grown up with that they never had a chance to see. For the little kids, they got a chance to see what they got to see. They got to, and, and especially with uh, getting to see, um, even even dropping Hulk Hogan, the fact that the ultimate for them was getting to see Hulk Hogan. Oh, I forgot about that. that. Yeah, totally another... could have been done on a different product. That could that totally should have been done on a different production, in my opinion. Should have been a WrestleMania thing. Should have been a Royal Rumble thing. Should have been a, even a Survivor Series thing. Like, put, put, pick a big pay-per-view thing to, to do it. But however, that's what it was. And that's what they decided to do. And it was already thrown. It was already, like, Jesus. For the amount of backlash I was reading about that and listening to about that, I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys. Um, it's been very well documented that Hulk Hogan is, 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 is rekindled everything with WWE. It's been documented for months that... Hogan's going to be coming back, and we just we just didn't know. So therefore, it, it, it just happened at the time it was going to happen. What I'm getting at is that in a very roundabout way is the fact that if you also look at um, Melbourne, that show also was not for us. That was for them. That was for Sydney, and that was specifically built around um, when when Buddy Murphy won the belt. That's why it was the biggest pop of the whole damn night because it was literally built solely around their hero. That was getting the chance to, to win the belt. And, and, and just the, the point, the, the point being is that every day that those, they, 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 as much as you, and, and I do totally agree with you, it's in that WCW mode, but also where Eric Bischoff is really smart and where, where Vince McMahon is really smart and thinking about the concept that every day that the younger cats are growing up, the older guys are also getting older every single day. So therefore, they only have so much steam left in them, so they only have this many, literally about as many times as I can count on my hand, about as many times as they've got to, to be utilized within the product to be able to be shown off in that way that we've been so blessed and grown up with that they've been exposed to these big things. And that's why I understand why they're doing these shows and why they're doing these such big, gigantic shows. Yeah, I so, get it too. I do get that. But all I'm saying is, is that... Yeah. How many? T uh, if you're okay, if you're a fan from Saudi Arabia, sorry to interrupt. Totally. But if you're a fan from Saudi Arabia, you're a young boy, young girl from Saudi Arabia, and you love wrestling, mm -hmm. and you watch an old match of Shawn Michaels on TV, you're like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm going to see this guy. This like, I'm so excited. And yeah. then he comes out there, and, he, and you get out there, and you're like, yes. Who is that guy? Yeah, that's not the guy from TV. Yeah, only none of them were doing that when I was watching the, the crowd. I was watching the crowd. I was paying attention to them. Were you watching all those guys in the couches, or were you watching everybody else around them? Everyone. I was watching all the pops. Everybody was just super into the fact that they were literally, they were really more into the fact of just watching them do what they do, even if they were literally, they weren't doing much of anything. It was kind of boring. There, there were some, there were a lot of lulls, 
going on in the middle of, of course, The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Triple oh, H. They were, all, they were very quiet in the middle Garbage. of it, and specifically because of the fact that I think it was because of the fact that I'm sitting there for four and a half hours and watching wrestling, and it was the first time they've been to an event, and they've never sat that long through watching wrestling before. So I think about that concept, too, and how much is a little bit of a lull going on there, but at the exact same time, it was, it was just massive to listen to the fact of all four of them being in the ring even if it was the fact that they put on a garbage match it was that spectacle of the moment of all four of them standing in the ring and the fact that they just got to see it for the first time and they've never they never have but by the end of this year all of those every bit of the dx juice the brotherhood of destruction like all of that juice that juice has been literally squeezed out as much as you possibly can and the same with lesnar where it's basically coming up where um soon enough you're going to be watching Drew McIntyre running with that belt forever, and you're going to be watching uh, you're going to be, you're going to be watching Seth Rollins be in that market of having watch watching Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre have this big long epic saga together, and, and like Kevin Owens coming right into the mix. totally yes. like that's all you're going to be seeing is just literally all these young cats, and especially with the grooming of Andrade Cien Almas, that's why I actually brought up the Rey Mysterio match because they're literally in the process. I notice, and especially um, with keeping Undisputed Era purposely back. Because they don't want to bring them up and oversaturate them within this thing, they want to keep them where they lie and keep them where they're where they're they're they're, they're kings. They're the king shit of NXT. So keep them there. Keep the guys that are the king shits of NXT. Leave that. Let them have their product and let them have their brand while the while the older guys are fizzle are doing their last little re, this last little thing that they have going on of episodicness to reinvent this big product of the seventy thousand seater thing you guys got going on. And once that fizzles out, you're literally only going to be seeing these young guys running around like crazy. And AJ Styles literally just proved it by being world champion for one year. That's crazy that they congrats, haven't... Congrats. Congrats to the yeah, phenomenal congrats one, Congrats to that. Like, well, he's and, well over and, one year now. He's like 477 yeah. days. Now now like he's that. like 470 some <clears throat> days. It's like you, we were talking like, okay, no, because it was like 300, 300 some days because we just surpassed the time where he did the... Um, uh, where he took the flight and then went and did uh, went went did that SmackDown and then he won the belt. Oh, against Jinder, you're right. Then he won the belt against Jinder. So we're just passing that one year mark where Jinder just lost his world title. So we just came out of all of that. We forget like one year ago that was Jinder Mahal and people were literally like, when is this gonna end? And it's literally like, okay, now we're into this whole place of we're grooming these guys and they know that they Side know note, that grooming. was another horrible match too. the Samoa Joe and AJ Styles match was boring as crap too yeah and the, to the point of like that should have been a bar just, that should have been the barn burner of the night oh my god and just one more reason why I just like oh my god hashtag fire Samoa Joe please for the life of me for the life of you guys fire that man boring it's the whatever Randy Orton is I feel like I'm watching less than paint dry when I'm listening to or watching this man anyway um <laughs> Uh, just like getting back to the, the like that whole thing of essentially it's, it's really like that that's uh, that's where I, I feel like I need to end it is because I could talk forever about just like the product of where it's going but specifically of just the fact of watching all of that fizzle out and watching the changing of the guard with all of um, what, what what everybody really wants to happen because I'm a fan too at the end of the day and I really want my product to, to fucking change because I'm really tired of of the the boringness of it and I was for a bit until I really stepped back and was like you know what I understand now that you guys are, are doing what you're doing with the younger guys. You're grooming all of them so that by the time these older guys fizzle out, you'll have an entire roster of whatever the hell NXT is right now because it's only been about eight months now that we've really had like that kind of a holy crap, look at this deck. It is completely stacked. So you're literally going to see all of that change from over there 
to from from over there to this main roster that's going to be completely fizzled out and it's all going to be just these am, old old guy ambassadors and then trips still running the show and and Triple H is literally it's like you it's like you said back in the day that it's like you said back at the time when you did uh, uh, the the Triple H podcast uh, the Triple H profile that like he's the guy that's changing all of the guard because he's doing that specifically for that reason he's making sure that by the time that these guys the the main roster is decked it will be decked and you're not going to not want to watch WWE it's literally going to be the only thing that everybody's going to want to watch beyond being the elite and wherever the hell they're gonna their crazy thing is going. <laughs> so my 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 until my, they hook up on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> my state of, my state of the union is that it's in disarray and we need to change now. And I also did mention the business perspective. I, I saw it from that perspective, but it's still so frustrating to me totally. because I, I don't want a farewell tour. I don't want you know Kobe Bryant eighty two games of coming out waving and then dropping sixty three right before he leaves to show me he's still got something left in his tank. You know what I mean? I I see your perspective. So mine is disarray. Yeah, the change has to happen. Now, I don't want to wait. Yours is patience as a virtue. Is that what I'm getting? Basically, is that the change, it actually underliningly, when people actually, when you literally take away all of the old guys, when you take away all those old Let's run a list. Let's run a list. Shawn Michaels, semi-retired, now probably fully retired. Triple H, showing that. running the show forever. Running the show. Undertaker, literally probably two, three matches left, and then hopefully officially done. Kane, Definitely done. done. Like Big yeah. Show, done. Uh, Mark Henry, yes, done. Still an advocate. Titus O'Neil, not there. So you've got all those. Those are the only ones that are topping off top. My okay, Rey Mysterio, and of course, he's not done. And of course, all the girls from Evolution, he's not so, done. Yeah, and and Ray's Ray's not done because of the fact that I really believe that after seeing what he did with Andrade, I'm just like, okay, that's why they brought you back because you're co- you're going to SmackDown so that you can be the guy that's going to be going up and you're going to be you're going, you're going to be running the show now of having nothing to do with going for a world title. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll drop the world title on you and you you have AJ Styles versus Rey Mysterio. I would watch that in 2 seconds. I would love that, and, but I still want AJ to retain. Yeah, and that's the thing is maybe they, maybe they might do a hot potato with AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio, but, but however the point too, is though. it's great for the young guys for to have such a such a small <laughs> such a big little guy that's that's there really grooming and helping them in the ways that's uh, that's so what really you're adapted is, to SmackDown's <clears throat> product. So eventually maybe making Ray possibly a coach performance center wise. Yeah, taking him out of the mix is not going to be a full-time thing. It's not going to be a full-time gig. It's not going to be a thing where he's going to be around doing a super stupid run or anything like that. It's going to be literal, literally one run, and then he's going to be going back and doing his thing. Because I, I don't see it being a, a, a long-term deal. I don't see it being a long-term deal. I'm actually very positive in the fact that I really genuinely do believe that. I don't know 100%, but all I feel is what's deep down in my gut. It really is a fan and really from just like just every bit of intuitiveness that I've ever thought about when I, when I have a really super solid gut feeling about something anything in general this is no different in the fact that i know for a fact that they're just being really smart and they're kind of they're they're really doing all the right business moves when it comes to the product in which they're showing for the where they're at at that place but not for the fans perspective of what we're watching on television it's really unfortunate because it's really this it's this disconnect that goes on with the product to what they're trying to show for these people who've never seen it to the people who we've seen it a million times over and why the hell did you just make Shane McMahon and call him the best in the world when he's not? When Such a like, bad decision. I, I still can't remember that. <laughs> and that's the thing was I just knew that that was a jo- it was a joke to me. It wasn't anything close to the comments that I was reading. I thought it was hilarious because I was just like, this is a joke. This isn't real. This is literally just they wrote him in literally at the end of this thing as a as a, literally a gasp 
of there's nowhere else in the show to put him. So this is where we're putting Shane into. This is really creative. We're going to try our best to like pull our creative juices out to, for these guys at the, the Saudi Arabia to do, just give him Shane McMahon for two minutes. It was literally, that's all it was. But it was, but like, that's the thing is because Shane McMahon is not think, the best in the world. Do you not think by any it, stretch. He it beats lowers, himself up more in those matches than he does in his opponents. Like, Do you think it lowers Dolph Ziggler's stock for having to take the fall to Shane McMahon? Not at all, because he's taken the fall for like how many years, and he's literally he's still in the main he's still in the main card, he's still in the main talk, he's still in the big talk. He's he's, he's still like he's the king of Instagram. He's the like it's it's ridiculous. So just and and straight up, he's a damn hell of a comedian as well. Um, <laughs> but just like I I don't see Dolph going anywhere, and especially with uh, what he's doing with Drew and. And uh, how he's in the main storyline. Well, that was Seth the best decision they ever made was putting, putting Drew with him. Yeah, and and pairing Dolph and Seth. The fact that when people think about Seth Rollins now, they think about Dolph. Ziggler. They're going to be thinking about Dolph Ziggler and how much they actually really believe in the fact of how much they want to go back. And even though, like, whatever that, whatever the, the colossal blunder of that, <laughs> the, the Iron Man. I always was, think but it was of, still like their matches are so incredibly amazing from top to bottom. When I think of Dolph Ziggler, I always think of Spirit Squad. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Let's see where we're at for time right now. Time wise, yeah. You know what? I'm happy. We're at 50 minutes. So your st- your point, your thing, fact is, is that state of the wrestling is right now. Patience is a virtue. The change is coming. It's coming. Your it's host, happening, and it's coming. Your host with the most respectfully agrees, but also disagrees because we both see the business aspects. But the fan side of me is coming out more lately than the business side of me is coming out. I see what makes dollars, and what makes sense is what makes dollars. But I also see the fact. That the change has to happen sooner than later. So what I'm hoping for is a big bang at the end of the year to get me stoked for Royal Rumble. And uh, also, I mean, I'm looking forward to Survivor Series. I always love that pay-per-view. Now they have the brands facing off. I mean, the match I'm looking forward to the most, AJ Styles, Brock Lesnar. I want to see that. We've seen it before, but I want to see it again. And I yeah. want to see AJ go to another level with it. And I'm also looking forward to Ronda Rousey versus, uh, you know, Becky Lynch. Those, yeah. are, those are the two matches I am nipping at my seams for so i know that's going to be good and as we already discussed earlier in the year we will be going facebook live instagram live and twitter live for survivor series we're only going to do the big four now when we do when we do the uh the pre-shows we're going to do that one survivor series is coming up next so that's going to be exciting yes and actually that's uh one last thing that actually is very very good piece of info that i think that's why they actually did make brock lesnar champion because it makes the most sense to literally have him go in against styles with the with the belts of have the, have them go even though it's a non title match have them go both belts and yeah, I think and that's that, I think just, that's better that for just business. adds more to Styles Legacy yep. for sure it just adds more to the match and just a big 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 match fight thing uh, all right a couple quick announcements to make before we hit the road one is next week is Steve's turn at the wheel for his superstar profile we usually do it the first week of the month but we decided to push this one back because Steve's got a little bit more research to do. And are we announcing it or are we keeping it a secret? What are we Actually, um, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be very cool. It's going to be one or the other. I haven't fully made my decision yet. I've made, in the back of my mind, it's either going to be Kenny Omega or Cody Rhodes. Stardust. Yeah, I'll, actually, I'll, do, the, I'll, do, I'll do the superstar profile on Stardust next week. Yes. 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 One hundred percent. Absolutely. Do that match. Do that great SummerSlam match that they had with. Uh, What's his name? Kevin Amell. Kevin Amell from Arrow. And um, uh, the man who defied gravity, Neville. 
You know I, was, I was thinking about doing my superstar profile on Duke the Dumpster Drossy, but then, you know what, I, I figured... You know, I thought you were going to do Steve Lombardi. I really thought you were going to go with, uh, you know, the Brooklyn Brawler. One day, I actually, I, I think the superstar <laughs> profile on the Brooklyn Brawler actually should happen, because there was actually a lot about that guy that was just, he got sold out to Jobber, but there was so much about that guy beforehand that nobody knew about. Yeah, and <laughs> they, they don't know the, the personas, Doink the Clown, Kim G, there's the, the list it. goes on and on. Uh, uh, Abe Knuckleball Schwartz, that was one of my favorites. Paint my face like a baseball. That guy made a job out of being jobber. Like, he was jobber <laughs> of the year. He won employee of the month every month. He was always the most reliable employee that WWF at the time had to rely on. It was awesome. All right. So that's it for us today, guys. Episode 62 in the can. State of wrestling today. We enjoyed the conversation. We hope you did enjoy the conversation. And like we say every episode, guys, hit us up. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. Tell us what you agreed with. Tell us what you disagreed with. Tell, the, tell me that my voice sounds like nails on a chalkboard. Tell me that Steve's chiseled chin comes through perfectly in every episode. Tell us something. Hit us up. Or if you're picking your nose or jerking off, then like I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how to. I don't know how to fix that. I hope, you're, it, not, I hope you're not jerking off to us because that's a little awkward. <laughs> that's a little awkward. All right. So 63 is going to be Steve's superstar profile. After that, we are going to be doing a couple of great things. We're going to keep those kind of tight-lipped, but we'll also be having our Survivor Series profile a little bit later in the week. And don't forget, January 1st, 2019. Episode 21 to episode 40 will be gone off the list, will be archived. You cannot get them anymore. And we also want to let everybody know that right around mid-December, we're going to be taking three weeks off to enjoy the holiday season with our family and our friends hanging out. But Straight Talk will be back again in the new year as we always are. So don't forget, those are the quick announcements. And as always, I am your host with the most, George Vakai. You all know my cohort in crime. Save the animal, Mitchell. And that's it, guys. 62 is in the can. Don't forget to tune in next week, 63. We're going to do the profile on Stardust. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Dick right. the Dumpster Rosie. <laughs> All right, guys. And as we do now on every episode, we just want to let everybody know who you're listening to. Hello, this is the hardcore legend, Nick Foley. And although I've never listened to Straight Dog Wrestling, I think you should. Have a nice day. Hey, this is George the Iceman, president of Destiny World Wrestling. And you're listening to Straight Talk Wrestling. And as Mick Foley and George said, you're listening to Straight Talk Wrestling. Take it easy, guys. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Catch us every Wednesday at 7.30 on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Also, be sure to follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. Wrestling!